Do you remember a time when you wanted something really bad? Maybe you were a kid, maybe you were just married, and you had to run it by someone else, your parents, a spouse, and they said, that's a great idea for your birthday. Or that's great to put on the Christmas list. But it's not so great when they're telling you that in March and Christmas isn't for another several months. It's like, ah! And now that I'm the parent, I actually get to enjoy telling that to my kids. So it's funny because our kids are born in March and April, so it's already passed. So now when they see something, I'm like, oh, it'd be great for Christmas. They're like, Dad, no! But tonight we're continuing our series, Fruition, Bearing the Fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to be examining the fruit of patience, which, ah, it's a tough one. It's, I knew this was coming, but uh, I, I couldn't avoid it. It's asking ourselves, are our lives bearing the fruit of patience? And it's funny because I was calling Brianne this morning to see if I could use a story that she shared with me. And just before I called her to kind of throw her under the bus, I freaked out on someone making a left into shoppers off Binbrook Road. I'm like, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> so... Um, you're, you're not alone. We're, we're in this together. It's a, safe, it's a safe space. But while you may immediately know the answer to whether or not you are patient, I think one of the best ways to actually know is to ask those closest to you. We played a fun game with our kids the other day where we said, let's impersonate family members. Like, so we're like, okay, let's impersonate Nana. Let's impersonate Grandma. And then Mom and Dad. And oh, man. If you want to know what your kids think, see, hear, like Kinsley's first thing was like, Kevin, go get me some dark chocolate. That was her impersonating Amanda. <laughs> I'm like, man, they pick up on things. And I remember, I'm going to throw my in-laws under the bus on this one. I, d I did run it by my mother-in-law the other day, but they are impatient when it comes to food and when it comes to meals. And I remember when I was engaged to Amanda, I was doing an internship in Mississauga, and I was coming over to their house for dinner one night. And I don't even think I was running late, but I called Amanda and said, I'm about 15 minutes away. And she said, okay, dinner's just about ready. And I said, okay, 15 minutes. Like, can you wait? Like, yep, for sure. I get there, and they're almost done the meal. And I'm like, What? They're like, well, we didn't know what time you were coming. And I'm like, no, you did. I, I literally said 15 minutes. And they're like, well, you're here now, so dig in, enjoy it. And I've learned over time that they love me, and I just need to be there when dinner's ready. And now I get to teach Adam those fun things when we start eating before he's there. So patience, it's a tough one for all of us. And, and again, I share that because I love them, and I know they love me. If I had any doubt about that, I'd keep that to myself. So, because uh, I'm sure that the online recording is going to get back to them. <laughs> but I want us to lean into patience this evening and learn how to become patient in an impatient world. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I want us to read 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 through 8. So while you turn there, just let me explain that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's calling them out on their attitude toward others. And some people have said that 
Paul, the author of this letter, would have been a very difficult person to be around. And I'd have to agree, if you know his writings and a bit of his travels and journeys, he's willing to call people out. He's okay with creating tension. He's okay with things being awkward. I would guess that he would classify as an Enneagram 8, the challenger, for those familiar with the Enneagram. But while this passage that we're about to read is often used at weddings, it would have been a very unsettling read for the Corinthians. So let's read 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Just going to pause there, and you might be asking, I thought we're talking about patience, not love. Well, here's the kicker. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love is patient. In other words, patience is a form of love. Earlier in the series, I mentioned that some people debate that what Paul was saying here, rather than all these multiple fruit that we need to be producing, is that fruit is singular, meaning that the fruit of the Spirit is love, which is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. But the, the fruit is love. It's a package deal. You, you can't necessarily separate them out, even though we are parsing it out for this series to examine what each mean. But it comes as a gift from the Spirit. Now, some may come easier to you or more naturally to you than to others. But when you're living a life following Jesus and connected to the Holy Spirit, he will produce this fruit. And that's what I love. It, it's a work of the Holy Spirit that transforms you and enables you and empowers you to live this out. He transforms you from the inside out. It's not just about you trying harder to be more patient this week because we've been there. We've tried it. And for me, I know I've failed and fallen flat on my face time and time again. This fruit that we bear is a result and an outcome of spending time with Jesus, of being filled with his spirit. And what I love about patience is that it's one of the most beautiful ways to show someone that you really care. Think about it. When is it easiest to lose your patience with someone? And I'm not just talking about with your children. But I, when you're face-to-face -face with the person or when you're behind the wheel of a car and you don't know who's in front of you, but they're going ridiculously slow or turning left into shoppers. It's funny how quickly it changes, though, when you suddenly realize, oh, that's so-and-so. So now here's the story that Brianne gave me permission to share tonight. 
But again, we've all been here. <laughs> but one day, Trevor and Brian were returning home and driving back into Binbrook, and they were coming down White Church Road. Now, White Church Road, I think when I first moved here, it was an 80-kilometer-an-hour road. It feels like it should be, but it's 60 now. And when someone's doing 60, oh, it just feels like they're going painfully slow. So anyways, Trevor and Brianne pull up behind this car, and Brianne just starts flailing her arms and freaking out, and Trevor's phone suddenly bings. And it's Steve LeBlanc, Chris's brother, who's a driving instructor. And he says, Brianne is scaring the bejeebers out of this girl who's driving. <laughs> I absolutely love it, because what are the chances? <laughs> Thanks for being a good sport, Brianne. But I assure you, you are not alone, and that story that you shared has made me think twice on several occasions. Okay, who is that in front of me before I whip out to pass? Oh, man. Patience is a form of love, and we are called to love others as ourselves. But let's face it, we need to name something at this point. We need to call a spade a spade and call it for what it is. Patience is hard. I wanted to add in patience is freaking hard, but I thought I'll just stick with hard. Even the most patient people I've ever met have still lost their patience from time to time. The associate pastor, who, who I just love serving alongside, I remember one time, this guy kept coming to the church and asking for some handouts, asking for a ride, asking, and then months went by and we hadn't seen him. And then he showed up again and he kind of had the same story. And Ken, he was in his 70s at the time, he just got so frustrated with him, he punched him in the arm. And we're like, Ken, what are you doing punching a stranger? And he's like, I don't know, I just got so frustrated. <laughs> We all lose our patience from time to time. We're not going to be perfect. We can't live up to this ideal 24-7. And I don't believe Paul even lived up to this picture of love and patience that he painted 24-7. But I do believe that Paul spent his life and his energy being who he was out of his love for Jesus and for others. Paul strived to embody the love that Jesus himself had shown in dying on the cross. But with that comes patience and perseverance. Paul knew that he had to have patience with others. He had to have patience with himself. And he knew the kind of patience required was only possible through the work of Christ and the Holy Spirit. You see, this passage could have only been written in a very personal letter by the founder of a community to that community if he knew, and he knew that they knew, that this is the kind of person he himself aimed to be. Now, that's a very tricky sentence that I just read there because I was trying to make sense of how to simplify it earlier. But he had to know, and he had to know that they knew that this is the kind of person he himself aimed himself to be. And as I said earlier, this this passage is actually calling people out. It, it sits within a larger framework. But he's calling out people's attitudes and behaviors. And the only way that would be accepted and received well is if the person calling them out actually walked the talk. So if, 
I'm going to call you out on patience. You need to know that I'm spending time with Jesus, that I'm trying to grow in patience, that I'm trying to develop this and bear the fruit of the Spirit as well, or else you're just going to think I'm out to lunch and ignore everything that I'm saying. They knew that Paul had love for them. And that's why he insisted that this love is essential for Christian living, for Christian worship, individually and corporately when we come together. And he wasn't saying they'd be perfect, but he reminded them to stay focused on what matters, stay close to Jesus in order to produce this kind of love and this kind of patience. Paul is reminding them that love is one of the things that will last in God's new world and therefore matters so much more than anything else that will pass away which is most of the things that the Corinthians and we are usually bothered by. It's too dark, it's too bright, it's too loud, it's too quiet, it's too short, too long, too funny, not funny enough. They drink, they smoke, they chew, they date girls who do. It's amazing how we always find something to squabble about. But what Paul is actually saying here is stop it. Just, just stop. These things don't matter as much as you think they do. Love one another. Be patient with one another. We're all on this journey moving toward Christ, and we need to be patient with one another as we walk this journey, as we encounter the bumps and bruises along the way. Patience is a form of love, and patience is hard. Both of these things are true. They exist at the same time. Ask anyone who's been married for a while if marriage is hard or if there were seasons when extra patience was required. Or ask Barb and Gary, which I also asked permission to throw them under the bus, when they installed a new roof on their cottage together. Oh, <laughs> follow up with them after the service. It's a fun one. <laughs> you bet it's hard. I don't know how Amanda has put up with me for almost 13 years now. It amazes me. And it doesn't take much to think about just how impatient we've become over the years. When Amanda and I got married, uh, we didn't have smartphones. She still is upset with me because I was the, the one who bought us our first smartphones. And I'm like, these are going to be great. And she's at the time like, I don't want it. And she's still saying, I don't want it. <laughs> I didn't get my first cell phone until after high school. I didn't even have a computer until grade 11. I'm tempted to throw in some of the comments <laughs> to Eugene. We bug him at our men's study on Monday nights, but I won't go there. <laughs> but these devices that connect us to one another also leave us feeling annoyed and frustrated and agitated when we can't get through to someone instantly. I remember when a previous pastor I served under came to the realization that his phone, and it wasn't even a smartphone, it was just his cell phone, it had control over him. So he decided to go back and get a pager. So you had to call the number, leave a message, and he would call you back when he wanted to. And man, that ticked a lot of people off. You'd have no idea, is this guy ever going to return my call? Because he wasn't the most prompt person either. But you see, we get impatient when we're not in control. We get impatient with others. We get impatient with ourselves when things aren't going our way. And we even get impatient with God when we don't know what's going on. 
And that's where I think of Peter when Jesus is washing the disciples' feet in John 13. Jesus comes to Peter with the bucket, and Peter asks, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you'll understand. Jesus is saying, be patient. Trust me. Know that I'm good. Know that I love you. Have I let you down before? Of course you don't know what's going on right now, but do you know me? Stay focused on me. Be patient with what I'm doing. So let's get back to the question I asked earlier. How do we live patiently in an impatient world? Romans 8, 25 to 26 says, if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I love how the message translation puts it. The moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. I just love how that captures the, the imagery of that. Because we all know what it's like to grow tired and weary and just, ah, oh, I just want this to come about. I just want this to happen. But when we start struggling, God's Spirit is right there carrying us along. Paul knows that patience is hard, but he also knows that the Holy Spirit helps us. But just because he helps us does not mean we get a free ride to lazy town. Patience needs to be practiced. But didn't I just say that the Holy Spirit helps? Yes. But now I'm saying that you need to practice it? Yes. It's like a muscle. You don't just get it. You have to develop it. It takes time and work. It takes being intentional. Morgan Freeman, who plays the role of God in the movie Evan Almighty, he explains the beauty of this paradox. I wish I could do his voice, but just think of it in your head. <laughs> he says, let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If you prayed for courage, does God give you courage or does he give you opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? Friends, believing in Jesus doesn't automatically make you like Jesus. It gives you the opportunity to build that relationship with him, to spend time with him, to get to know him, to be filled with him. All right. So where was I? <laughs> Believing in Jesus doesn't automatically make you like Jesus. It gives you the opportunity to develop the relationship with him, to be filled with his spirit, to be transformed by him and become more like him each day. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It says, 
clothe yourselves, meaning to dress, to put on. This is something that we are capable of doing ourselves to a degree. Does the Holy Spirit still help? Absolutely. But we are required to participate. Have you ever tried to clothe an uncooperative child? Man, take it from me, it does not go well. We all end up in tears. Patience needs to be practiced. But don't forget that God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. Because you see, patience is our responsibility, but the outcome is God's. Later on in his letter to the Galatians, Paul writes in chapter 6, verse 9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Friends, don't grow weary of doing good. Don't get tired of loving others. Don't lose heart just because you're not seeing the results that you want to see. We're called to make disciples. We're called to be faithful. We are called to be patient. This is our responsibility. It's on us. But ultimately, the outcome is God's responsibility. We have to learn how to let go and trust God, to trust his timing, to trust his goodness, and to trust his love for us. To practice patience in an impatient world, we must abide in Jesus, the ultimate source of patience. Jesus says in John's gospel, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, remains in me, lives in me, and I in them will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Friends, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Patience is a form of love. Patience is hard. Patience needs to be practiced. Patience is our responsibility, but the outcome is God's. To practice patience in an impatient world, we must abide in Jesus, the ultimate source of patience. So we need to spend time with Jesus. We need to trust that the Holy Spirit is giving us the strength to persevere and be patient in whatever situation we find ourselves in. So will you do that this week? Will you spend time with Jesus? Will you abide in him? Will you practice patience? And as you spend time in the Lord's presence, watch. Watch for signs of transformation. Watch for opportunities to be patient. Watch for the Holy Spirit who is right beside you, helping you along. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to this earth to die on a cross for every single one of us so that we could be forgiven of our sins and have a relationship with you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your patience with us, even when we're impatient with you. Thank you for remembering us when we have such busy schedules that sometimes we forget to spend time with you. God, we give you this moment, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.